the Toronto Argonauts have traded quarterback Nick Fatty Arbuckle to the Edmonton Elks. Why? Let's play a little word association here. Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay. Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City. Dak Prescott, Cowboys. Ben Roethlisberger, Steelers. Nick Arbuckle, ah, Calgary, Ottawa, Toronto, Edmonton, all within a year. This is, to me, this is why the CFL struggles with credibility. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Happy, happy Wednesday, everybody. I just had to turn myself up, Moose. All right. How you doing? I am good. Hey, uh, welcome, everybody, to Canada's daytime sports talk show. I'm not... I'm tweeting the links here so everybody can watch, but I'm not including Facebook, okay? okay. How long are we going to be on Facebook for? Until you decide we're not. No, you're the boss. Until <laughs> you decide. Don't put that on me. Well, it's going to be soon. So this is actually a good idea to remind everybody to make that switch over to YouTube because Facebook will be uh, leaving the network very, very soon. Come on down to YouTube. Come on down to YouTube. We got the smoke. Um, Facebook will not last... Through the month of November. Okay, there you go. How about that? At some point in November, we'll be YouTube only. But we are, of course, uh, broadcasting live on Game Plus television across all 10 provinces and 31 states, and I'm hoping for more soon. Yeah. Um, And we're broadcasting uh, from the bunker in the NHL's Bermuda Triangle. And it's Canada. We're going to open with hockey here. Uh, Coming up in hour one, a guy that's become a pretty good friend of mine, and you're going to see why. Nick Keprios. He of 442 NHL games, Stanley Cup champion with the New York Rangers. Maybe we'll get him to tell his best Stanley Cup um, championship story from New York. Remember that one? Yeah. When he was going to get a haircut. That's right. And Mark, Mark Messier. Mark Mess calls him and goes, what are you doing, Kepper? What are you doing this afternoon? Because we're taking the Stanley Cup to the Yankees game. <clears throat> I am canceling my haircut. <laughs> and I'll see you in the Bronx. That's right. I'll cancel my haircut. (laughs) Right. Uh, So Kepper's going to be with us here in hour one and talking about his latest venture in this perilous trade of broadcasting. Kiprios back with Sportsnet. And uh, in hour two, Zig Fricasse from Sirius XM NFL Radio in New York. Always enjoy our chats with Zygmunt. So that's on the docket today. I will get to all of your comments in a second. But first, this is the warm-up for E. Cole Electric. And I'm not using their mug. I'm using my Bronco Plumbing and Heating mug today as we uh, start our coffee session here at 10 a.m. Mountain. Can you hit the quick six show topics horn, please? Director Jordan. Thank you. I will get... I see all the Winnipeggers are fired up, eh? You see that? Oh, yeah. And the Flames fans, too. These Flames fans, just hang on to your bingo cards for a second, okay? I'm, 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 I'm coming to you. But the number one show topic here is the Chicago Blackhawks. And as Darren said before the show, this is a somewhat delicate topic. So I'm going to read to you the wire copy here. The Chicago Blackhawks mishandled allegations that an assistant coach sexually assaulted a player during the team's Stanley Cup run in 2010, according to an investigation commissioned by the franchise that has cast a shadow over the National Hockey League. Stan Bowman, Chicago's GM and president of hockey operations, resigned Tuesday in the wake of the findings by an outside law firm. And the NHL fined the team $2 million for, quote, the organization's inadequate internal procedures and insufficient and untimely response, unquote. Al McIsaac, one of the team's top executives, also is out. 
Florida Panthers coach Joel Quenville and Winnipeg Jets general manager Kevin Sheveldayoff, uh, who were with the Blackhawks when the sexual assault allegations were first reported, were named in the damning report as well. The Panthers declined to comment, citing NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman's plans to meet with Quenville. Sheveldayoff said he shared everything he knows with Jenner and Block for its report. And Chevy issued a statement yesterday as well, which the Jets emailed to me. I think you've all seen it by now. So that's the news, if you hadn't heard. Here's my take from my morning commentary today on Cat Country 98 and Rock 98.5. The ugly, if you want to look at it that way, is the conclusion to the Chicago Blackhawks scandal involving the sexual misconduct of video coach Brad Aldrich. I bring up the perspective of the case because the lawyer for John Doe, the pseudonym for Aldrich's victim, said her client is feeling both relieved and grateful that people are being brought to justice. That's the good news because, frankly, the victim is all that matters here. But the whole situation is ugly, and it's not over. Quenville and Sheveldayoff have been called on the carpet by Gary Bettman as the commissioner wants to know what they knew and why they said otherwise. That's ugly, too, because these are two good men who were put in an awkward position by a creep like Brad Aldrich. These days, sports is all about covering butts and saving jobs, and these two guys got caught up in that. So, too, did Blackhawks GM Stan Bowman, who ultimately lost his job. His pointing his finger at his bosses wasn't enough to save his job. For me, I keep hearkening back to the sexual abuse cases in hockey in our area. And while the perpetrators were brought to justice in most cases, A lot of the bystanders got off scot-free. So the good news out of that is, in light of the Blackhawks situation, maybe we are making some progress, but we still have a long ways to go. That's my talk. Now, you've read the entire, you have it in front of you, the entire 68-page findings by this investigation. You go a little further than I do in this. Yeah. Or have further thoughts. Well, for sure. And it is quite the read. 68 pages. It's available online. Um, it all stems, the, the, the key point in all of this, it feels like, was a meeting back on May 23rd, 2010. And that was after, you know, things had been, had been known and it had been relayed to the top executives, John McDonough, Alma Kaisek, Stan Bowman, right? Kevin Sheveldayoff. And then Joel Quenville gets brought into the meeting. And it's all about who was delivered, who knew the information, and then what happened and what was allowed to happen. You know, there was talk about distractions. I mean, they had just finished the Western Conference Finals, I believe, in that win, and we're about to play Philadelphia. Um, But what we get out of all this, and it's kind of in the conclusion, is that there was a definite mismanagement, and it goes against the conduct policy that was set out by the Blackhawks, which is to promptly handle situations like this in a timely manner. It took three weeks before anything was done, before it was brought to HR. And what the, the reports all contradict each other, as you would expect a little bit, trying to recall meetings and little instances from, from 11 years from ago. From 11 years ago. That's going to happen. But it sounds like there's at least some consistency with John McDonough, the president at the time, saying, leave it with me, guys, I'll take care of it. But it wasn't taken care of. So now the NHL and Gary Bettman has to decide well, where does Joel Quenville play a role in this? He's the coach. This was the video coach. You're interacting with players. You're allowing this to continue. But Joel Quenville is trying to win a Stanley Cup and coach his team to win a Stanley Cup. And 
you need people to take care of their jobs, right? So if you think somebody else is going to take care of it, does that allow you to go get your job and do your job and coach the team? And are you off the hook? That's where this is all going to, you know, come about. And then Brad Aldrich was allowed to go on and continue to coach, right? I mean, Other went, places. He went to the University of Notre yeah. Dame, went to USA Hockey, went back to high school in Michigan. So there's a lot of details and a lot of, like, how was the situation handled that Gary Bettman's now going to get into. Yeah, well, as you mentioned, what did you say? Chevy is the a freckle on the butt of this whole thing, it as feels, far as you're concerned. feels like it. He's not really mentioned a lot. I, you know, and, and I don't want to say... That he's, he's home free here because everybody plays a role in this, right? In making sure this gets handled. Um, ultimately, reading this, I didn't get a feeling that Kevin Sheveldayoff is, is going to be in a lot of trouble here. I, I just don't get that feeling personally. So for the Winnipeg fans, I think that's going to be okay. But again, it's not my decision and I no. don't really know. And Quenville, too, has got a team to coach. You're in the middle of the Stanley Cup run which you ultimately won. And this is what it's going to be fun with Kipper when he joins us to get his take on. Everybody has an opinion today, okay? And I see people writing in here saying, fire Chevy, fire Q. Well, you can have that opinion, but it's not your call. And be careful what you wish for. And, you know, if you want to be in the pitchfork and uh, what do you call it? Torch mob, uh, that's entirely up to you. But you don't understand all this, all the ramifications of this, all the sides. I don't either. But I'll say this: Shovel Day off in Quenville aren't the perpetrators here. In my, there are other guys that got blood on their hands. Incidentally, by the way, a couple things as I go a little off script, Moose. I missed a lot last night. I went out to uh, broadcast a Junior A game at Notre Dame College last night, and it was amazing. Do you know why I do that stuff? Not just because I love the pure game of hockey. I like to go out onto the front lines and talk with the coaches and the players. There was NHL scouts there. There was uh, referee and chiefs there. I talked to them all. And my phone's just going off like a slot machine. Bing, 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 bing. The Blackhawks thing. Roger Goodell. See that he's not going to make the emails uh, public in this Washington football team investigation. See, there was another investigation going on. And my source, what did he say? I told you on the I told you people on the air too. Gruden's going to go down and he's the only one. He's going to be the scapegoat. That was two weeks ago I said that, and that's exactly what happened. Because what I heard was, basically the NFL said to that investigation, uh, the company that I guess launched it, here, we'll give you Gruden's head. Is that enough? We just give you Gruden. We want to get rid of him anyways. Yeah, that'll work. <laughs> that's what happened. And then light the emails on fire. Right. Delete. Oh, dang, I hit delete. They're gone. Anyways, I enjoyed the hockey game last night, but I missed a hell of a lot of things going on on the ice. Are we ready to talk about actual hockey? Yeah. Or do you have anything else? Well, my last thought on this whole thing is that this came out. We talked about it a little bit because it came out right after our show yesterday. And you start to read the headlines and, and, and start to get some, form some opinions as we naturally do. But then I read the 68-page document, right? Yeah. It's really easy to say anybody who had played a role in this should be gone. Anybody who was in the room and knew about it and didn't say anything should be gone. But you have to read this whole document and understand exactly what went on and how this happened. And then you have to understand that that's only part of it, too. So you can't just go by what you read on Twitter in this situation. There's a lot more to it about how everybody handled this situation and who's ultimately responsible. And it's right now, I believe, going to be up to Gary Bettman when it comes to the meetings he has with, with Chevy and with Q. 
Um, sure. We are just settling into it today. This is the biggest story in hockey today. Patrolman Pete's watching in Winnipeg. He says Chevy was in the room. If his bosses said they were handling it, what was he supposed to do? Yell at them? That's why I think, like you say, he's not going to be in trouble here, but some other guys uh, will be. Uh, Stan Bowman, not the only one to you know, feel the fallout of this. From Jeff Kabilis in Winnipeg. What did I say? They're awake in Winnipeg, and I'll tell you why in a second. Jeff in Winnipeg says, uh, sad hearing what went on in Chicago, and unfortunately, I think this happens in other sports slash other jobs. I can tell you that it absolutely does. Abuses of power, misconduct all the time. So this is just the latest. And again, Quenville and Shevel Dayoff were bystanders and trying to do their jobs. I don't fault them. They're not the ones in charge. And they mishandled it too, probably. But would you have done any different in their situation? Probably not. Anyways, 2.3 basically. I'm all out of order here. Brandon Tanev had two goals. And Jordan Eberle added another to give the Seattle Kraken their first home win in franchise history, beating the Montreal Canadiens 5-1 Tuesday night. Montreal last in the NHL's Eastern Conference with just two points in six games, and they've been outscored 24-11. I listened, coming home from Notre Dame last night, to the Kraken broadcast. Our boy Elliot's pretty good. Elliot Fitzhugh, he's good. Oh, yeah. And uh, who is the guy? Is it Mike Benton? Yes. Benton on the mic? Everett Silver, yeah, longtime Everett Silvertips. We got to get him on. His longtime Everett Silvertips broadcaster. He's the pre and post game host, and he was broadcasting live from the, sorry to say, Coors Light Lounge after the game. They were going nuts in Seattle last night that the Kraken won. That's cool. Which they should. I've been following Mike's uh, Instagram really closely, right. and he's taking you all in the stadium. He's a great guy. He is. He is one of the best. So it's good for him that he's got that pre and post game host uh, job. Yeah. I think the guy that we banned is back under another account. Can we ban him again? <laughs> under that Dak Prescott account. Get rid of this guy. He's a jerk. Nikolai Ehlers scored twice, 19 seconds apart in the third period as Winnipeg rallied over Anaheim 4-3 in the duck pond. Are they uh, chiseling out the Nikolai Ehlers statue in Winnipeg today? That's why I'm saying they're all awake. They want to talk about the game. And they should. The Jets trailed 3-2 in the third period before Ehlers tied it with 1.20 to go after a scramble following a faceoff deep in the offensive zone. He then scored the winner with 101 remaining with a shot out of the right faceoff circle. Ehlers also had a helper while Andrew Kopp had a goal and two assists. Evgeny Sveshnikov also scored. And Connor Hellebuck made 32 saves for the Jets who have won three in a row. Watch out for the Ducks, though. Trevor Zegras and Sonny Milano had a goal and an assist. Josh Manson also scored for Anaheim. I think that was the game of the night. Mm-hmm. Forget about the Kraken and the Habs. Um, Minnesota's Matt Dumba scored his first goal of the season midway through the third period to spoil Vancouver's home opener, 3-2. Uh, Vancouver Canucks equal awful. Andrew Mangiapani had two of Calgary's four goals in the first period as the team extended its win streak to four games with a 5-3 win over New Jersey in the Swamp. Luch! Elias Lindholm and Matthew Kachuk also scored for the Flames. Calgary backup goalie Dan Vladar made 27 saves. For the Flames, 
fans that are acting all cocky today and trying to trying to call me out for me saying a rebuild was necessary last spring. What did I say? Talent is not the issue in Calgary. It's culture. And obviously it was too much for Daryl Sutter to be parachuted in midseason and get that thing turned around. But I guess over the summer he has. But talent's not an issue. It is hard to come in midseason and turn things around. Now, granted, he did it in Los Angeles and went on to win a Stanley Cup. But he's not a magician. So kudos for the Calgary Flames. Enjoy it now, but stop rubbing it in people's faces. Oiler fans aren't doing that. No post-game trash talk. No post. Can you just stop and enjoy the ride, Flames fans? Stop rubbing it in people's faces. But that was the stat I saw last night. Four-game win streak. They didn't have a four-game win streak all of last year. Three was the most. Right. So it is good times. Credit Daryl Sutter. Yeah. Andre Palat and Ryan McDonough scored 10 seconds apart in the second period, and Tampa Bay picked up its first regulation victory of the season by beating Pittsburgh 5-1. This is the game of the night. Riley Smith scored a shorthanded goal. Robin Leonard stopped 26 pucks, and injury-plagued Vegas snapped a four-game slide with a 3-1 win over Colorado. Chandler Stevenson, an alum of God's team, also scored, and Evgeny Dadanov added an empty netter with... 29.9 seconds to go to seal the win. 3-1 uh, Golden Knights over Colorado. It was on ESPN. And Juicy Soros made 28 saves to lead Nashville over San Jose 3-1. This is the warm-up for E. Cole Electric. We, uh, we've, we're only two points in, Moose, into the warm-up here. just want to tell you, <clears throat> pardon me, our annual fall promotion sale is on at E. Cole Electric. With special pricing on hundreds of in-stock items, E-Cold Electric, let's get to work. When we come back, we'll continue the Quick 6, World Series, CFL, NFL. That's all after this break. You're watching on Game Plus TV, YouTube, and Facebook Live, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. 